Daniel. Adam. We're here. We are. The three uh, of us. Alex. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Me, you uh, and Panda. The Panda is in the corner. That's you know yes. He refused to be, uh, you know, he, he was a bit pissy today. So <laughs> he didn't want to be on the air. We did something to upset him. Well, I go grab it. Did you see, is this a reference to not just Leon Dreisaitl, uh, but the, the Blake Wheeler thing? You yes. see that? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. Going on a piss thing with a, with a reporter. Here's the panda. He's waiting. Hello, panda. panda. Not Robert Leonard. But, well, soon, Matthews soon, maybe. is nowhere near Leon Dreyer anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Alex isn't here today. Um, mm-hmm. Excuse if, if if we're both a little tired. Dan- I mean, Daniel always has his work. I got back from Toronto like 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I came upstairs, set up, and we're recording. So, you know, busy, busy lives. But we always want to make, make time for the show, don't we, Daniel? Of course, yeah. By the way, I'd like to ask, because I know you said it's your second week back doing yes. this are you used to the commute yet i know you had to that commute quite a bit before yeah second year second year i did a lot yeah no it's i still you know the thing when you first uh like you you get you obviously you're at union and you take the subway um but when i first get out the subway i have to remember okay so is it like which way is it northbound to finch or is it i gotta remember sometimes which way it is and because of the hustle and bustle people are a little like ah it still feels normal. I'll tell you though. So my first week back was before reading week and that was last week. And it wasn't really that busy at Ted Rogers, but when I went today, uh, um, I wonder if, because obviously a lot of classes throughout the year, we're going to do it. I wonder if a lot of classes, especially were towards, you know, after reading, we were after reading week, we're going to come back. Like afterwards I went to, like I was doing, Dan knows this. I was doing something with some partners for this group project and we're going to one of their places that was basically on campus and we're walking through and you got, this is the first time since first year for you and I, that there was no construction and campus was full again. It was like normal, except people wearing masks and that, but uh, it was weird. It was very weird, but I'm used to the commute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're not in a simulation. It's like the construction is actually done. It is. It is yes. somehow. Uh, there is a few, there's like two road machines towards the RCC, but everything is good. Like you can walk around. It's nice and all that. There's life on campus again, which is, uh, which is just generally really nice to see, I think. Mm-hmm. Just one last thing. Did you get to see the RCC? Uh, did you get to go inside, go around it? No, I get, I was at Ted Rogers, right? And even mm-hmm. when we went to this person's house, we cut through, um, like, you know, like the, 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 the sort of courtyard that's in the middle of Curl Hall. Mm-hmm. We cut oh, through yeah, there. Yeah. So uh, I didn't even get to see it. But uh, yeah, so you know what? On my way to the subway, instead of going towards like college, I went down like beside the RCC, but it was just like at the corner. So I didn't really get a good look at it. But if I had crossed the street, I would have been there again, which would have been nice. But, you know, I haven't been in there in years because wow. obvious reasons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we can talk about hockey now, huh? Yeah. So I guess first off, uh, what's really nice is is we were starting to see at some hockey games, the Ukrainian national anthem is being sung. Uh, the game between Winnipeg and Montreal especially was a beautiful sort of choir. There's more stuff, there's more developments in the world of hockey, especially to do with the ongoing crisis in Ukraine. Um, and I think the first thing really we should talk about is, well, see, there's a whole lot. Um, I think we should look at the IIHF. And right now, Russia and Belarus are out of international competition August and beyond for the IIHF yes. and that. That's big news. That's the. I think that was the first sort of domino, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was. Um, like looking towards it, I know that there were a lot of calls before for at first the World Juniors, then, and then with the WHF, like actually doing a lot more, I guess, like action on this is that now it also includes the World Championships. And I, I that was a big domino that you said. And now, like everything in the hockey world, I, I feel like is following suit with that. Mm-hmm. The NHL did put out a statement, which I thought it was it was a short statement. And at first I was kind of like, oh, you can only put up five sentences, NHL. But uh, they've talked about how, you know, they're removing all of their like social media Russian sites, which was interesting. They're stopping all their business the official statement. Uh, the NHL condemns Russia's invasion of Ukraine and urges a peaceful rebel, uh, resolution as quickly as possible. Effective immediately, we are suspending our relationships with our business partners in Russia and we are pausing our Russian language, social, and digital media sites. In addition, we are discontinuing any consideration of Russia as a location for any future competitions involving the NHL. We also remain concerned about the well-being of the players from Russia who play in the NHL on behalf of their NHL clubs, and not, not and not. This is the important part, and not on behalf of Russia. We understand uh, they and their families are being placed in extremely difficult positions. Not a perfect statement. Um, you know, you'd probably like to see a concern for the people of Ukraine, but I understand why the NHL and maybe sort of thing from ownership towards Gary there in that statement uh, is definitely more of an emphasis on as well as, you know, we're here for the players because we talked about like our Timmy Panarin. Um, mm-hmm. He's C- he's part of CCM, right? Like the thing Mike told yeah. us. And they're not using any Russian athletes when it comes to advertising. Ovechkin's there as well. Uh, people, I think, lately have been definitely questioning the sense of punishing. And we may get into CHL news later because it looks like the import draft may be a little compromised for Russian players. But um, that sort of people are being affected by their nation's decisions. Uh, I don't know if we can really get into the right side of that because I think it's a very difficult topic to talk about. But it is very rough if you're a guy like Artemi Panarin who was very vocal against Putin and had to take time away from his team to deal with it. Um, you know, we've seen that it looks like, do you see the news about the British Grand Prix? Yes, I did. So for those of you who didn't, they are not letting Russian athletes compete, which means Nikita Mazepin will probably not be able to compete. And you start to wonder, is that going to happen for the rest of the circuits? And now Ukraine are asking Canada to bar any Russian athletes. Could you think of that? Mm-hmm. If, like all the Russian players, you got to think of that. Like, um, who are Russian players on the Leafs right now? I'm just, uh, Ilya Mikheyev. Yeah. Um, I think that's all actually I really could like recall right now. Yeah, Ilya Mikheyev. And because I'm looking up and down the lineup, yeah, I think it's just him. I mean, you're thinking like Polkosin in Vancouver, Romanov in Montreal. Uh, and you think of just the players. The, the Islanders wouldn't have goalies coming into Canada. Yeah, they wouldn't have anybody. <laughs> It's a very weird time for sports. It's a very mm. difficult situation. And we're not at all taking away from the Ukraine and their suffering because they're the first and foremost here, but no one wins at, at the end of this. Yeah, I agree. I think right now, I know that it was the whole Artemi Panarin being anti-Putin, but he's also included in that group. But I think um, there was something that Sarah Sivian tweeted out, and I really agreed with it, where a lot of people and especially, and I'm not slandering anybody. I'm saying like a lot of places in the U S are criticizing Alex Dender Ovechkin for not really expanding 
on what he has to say about the situation in Ukraine. But what do you expect of him to do? Like he has his entire family, his wife and kids, his parents are all in Russia and you expect him a hockey, like first of all, a hockey player of all people to talk beyond what, what, what's been given to him already in terms of questions. I think like, it's a very sensitive situation and, you know, whatever, whatever it is right now, I just, I just, I'm just kind of glad, like for one of the first times, actually, I'm really glad that the NHL is kind of being just clapping down. And it's like no further, no further question, no further discussions in terms of what we expect individual players to say out of this. What was it? Sibian who said, what do you like Ovechkin circumstances or so? Sorry. She, she was retweeting. I believe it was SB nation. Oh, okay. Where they were talking about how they were criticizing Ovechkin for not speaking out more. And then she was talking about, well, she'd like, I think she did a sarcastic tweet where she said that, Oh, I'm not going to put my family in danger to like, like what is it? Athletes not going to put my family in danger to appease American media. It's a lot of people have been saying stuff like, um, like, do you question Americans on stuff that's happened in the Middle East, for example? Um, and I don't, I, you know, I don't know example if there was stuff like in Vietnam, like obviously I'm a little young to remember if athletes were asked about that. Um, you know, I, I don't like when it looks like the CHL are barring Russians from the import draft and Dan Milstein, who is probably representing them all, um, has been very vocal about it and how it's, I don't like the, I think there's that saying, you know, you never punish the son for the sins of his father. Um, and I personally do not like blaming teenagers like Alexander Romanov. I don't know if I said this on the show or it's just been FaceTiming with you and Alex, but you know, as soon as he got his contract, he moved to Montreal and he married his girlfriend here. Um, or maybe just, they had been married. He came over here. I think they're still spend like some time in Russia, but you know, if you go to his Instagram, it's all Canada. It's all Montreal. Should he be punished? Should Mikhail Michkov be punished? And what doesn't help Ovechkin is, and I, I think we do have to put both sides here, is he cannot keep that profile picture of him on Putin. No, yeah, yeah. Like, he's not doing himself any favors there. You know, I'm kind of like, uh, you know me. I've been, I love Ovechkin. I have the goal counter account, but I'm almost like, should I just delete it right now? Because just it doesn't feel appropriate. Like, listen, do I think he's... Like, I don't know if Malkin's been pressured to talk. And he... I don't think he has a picture with Putin or I think he had an old one on Instagram, but I remember when Ovechkin was doing the team Putin thing, Malkin was with it too. And I, I think if you're going to go after and pressure one player, I think you have to go after them both. And Jay Fresh has been very vocal about this. And he sort of mm-hmm. add on your point there about like, there's the, the sort of pressure and scope with an athlete and athletes do have them. And we've criticized, you know, back when the George Floyd ha- thing happened or George Floyd, the George Floyd murder happened. Um, a lot of NHLers were really quiet about it and the league handled it terribly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just, it's just an unwinnable situation. It is because at the same time too, if you even look back on so many things where people are also asking, Oh, what about like the two, like the other Russian superstar from before who was so vocal about Putin and his support. And it was um, Pavel Bure who yes. is a guy yes. that has had so many pictures um, with Vladimir Putin, who has 
been with him in like I think All Star games and like a lot of things across Russia, and it's just keeps going back and forth. Like I don't, I don't know. Like what what do you like want these guys to say right now? And like what what like to what degree do you want? I guess like the weight of the words to be in terms of because like like I can just imagine like they I think they should say something. Yes, they should say something because yeah. I think Ovechkin he just yeah I could tell like he had a few days and he had the media training and the PR to kind of say, just say this and you're good. But I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't mind like another personal statement about just, this is what I want to say, but like away from the cameras, away from the pressure of things. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Uh, I just, um, you just wanted to, you just kind of wanted to stop. By the way, I know earlier I referenced the Middle East and I said Vietnam. I know Vietnam is not in the Middle East. I just, I wanted to make that very, very clear, but you know, obviously there was a Vietnam War, mm-hmm. and then you know everything happened in the Middle East and all that. Like, I just want to make that very clear for anyone's listening. I'm not great with geography, but I'm not that much of an idiot. I know the difference between Afghanistan and Vietnam. I want to make that very clear. We trust um, you, Adam. Don't worry. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but you know what people are like. They'll. Um, I can feel. Remember when I called Timo Meyer a center because I was trying to talk about Thomas Hurdle a couple uh, a couple months ago. Oh, that yes. was embarrassing. And I got That's... it on the TikTok. I got it on the TikTok. <laughs> and I deserved it. I misspoke. Like, I'm reading Parable of the Sower right okay. now. And I, and I kept thinking it was Sawyer. And I was meeting those group mates. And like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. Don't worry. I think on the TikTok, I think all three of us have been criticized when I go through the comments on things. Oh, of course. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I've gotten two where one was did not. Well, one was my bad. One did not make sense. Well, that's the just first social one, media, right? Yes. The first one was, I said Sebastian Kosa was going to be the World Junior starter. And the guy never even dressed. Uh, well, to be fair, all those goaltenders kind of sucked. <laughs> you really weren't to blame me. Yeah, but no, that's just, that's just, that's just, uh, that's social media, right? You can't get too invested in that stuff. Mm-hmm. Second that's one was someone said I look like Ned from Spider-Man. I don't look like Ned from Spider-Man. <laughs> I think that's kind of racist. That's okay. That's, that's a little racist. But uh, you know, you're always more of that. a Batman guy. Like, okay, that's okay. Some say I'm our, our generation's Val Kilmer, but that's okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about the Ducks? We, we, yes, we will. So the so, set seems to. Oh, sorry. Just, no, you, no, you go. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I was going to set up. What do you, what do you do? Yes, yes, I'm ready for the setup. Okay, go ahead. Okay, okay. So. The sense I'm kind of getting from reading stuff in different reports is I love how I said I get the sense. No one tells me any. I'm just a kid who reads. Um, my sources tell me. My sources, aka the athletic, are reporting. It just kind of feels like the sense with Ricard Raquel, Josh Manson, and Hampus Lindholm seem to be that if they're not going to be signed, that Pat Verbeek wants to get something for them. Am mm-hmm. I often thinking that? Yeah, um, I think right now, like we've mentioned before, like the first half, like that momentum they had in the first half is kind of drying up right now. Yeah, they're out and there. Yeah. yeah, like they're they're falling right now. I think they are. I just checked recently and they are in fifth place right now in the Pacific. Um, like not good. Like they're 26, 21 and nine. Um, not too far back from the Oilers, but the thing is the Oilers have two games in hand and then the flames who are leading everything have four games in hand from the ducks. So it's not looking too pretty right now. Um, as a ducks fan, it was fun. It was great. Um, you prove like all the young guys proved you've 
gotten better from last season, but this is just not the year. Um, Eric Stevens wrote about it recently where two reasons why you should probably be in sell-off mode for a lot of your UFAs is first, hypothetically, you get into the playoffs as a wild card. You're facing the Avalanche or the Golden Knights. And I don't think the Ducks have, they they don't have that, core yet or the experience yet to really upset one of those guys get rinsed even calgary they're going to get rinsed yes um second is and it's the big point that everyone's been talking about recently and it's a surprising one for me too is padford beaks the first gm that has no ties to anybody from 2005 which is crazy to me oh i guess Bur murray was around that long yeah yeah it was like burke murray I, I shouldn't say they're out of it, but it, it is kind of rough where they are two points behind the Oilers. They have two ga- the Oilers have two games in hand. But what what kills them is they're the same amount of points as the Stars. The Stars have four points, in, sorry, four games in hand. Mm-hmm. The Canucks backed by three points a game in hand. Um, the Jets are, let me use the math, four points behind with two games in hand. The math is starting to look out of their favor which is, you know, not something you want. Like the Western race, at least where it's at least the wild card should come down to looks like the end of the season and like the East where we've mm-hmm. known for the past month who's going to make it. But there's been reports that if you can make a bet that anyone's going to say it'll be Josh Manson, probably. Ricard Raquel, I'm sure that like he scored last night against the Bruins. He's been on a heater cool, lately. Which is the perfect time to get some value. And you know, you have, we obviously know they want, um, they have their centermen like of the future ready with Zgrass and McTavish. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, Raquel, yeah, he's played center here. I'm sure he's played some wing there, but uh, you got to make room, right? Yeah. Um, I think like right now is there's really no indication. I think Josh Manson's camp is the only one that said, we want to come back. We want to stay in California long-term. But when I first heard about Hampus Lindholm, like speculation that he wants to test the market, yeah, trade the guy right now because yeah. I I think he's an amazing defenseman. Um, I don't think he's a number one, which people have been saying, but you can get really good value out of him. Um, a lot of people are comparing the David Savard one. I don't think it's. I think the Ducks would get a lot more than that. Um, I think he's better than David Savard, even when yeah. Savard was good in Columbus. <laughs> yeah, he's better than Savard. And then oh, Ricard Raquel, great scorer. Um, just a bit of injury here and there, but. It was it was fun, but that's the thing. Like, I'm I'm warming up to Pat, Pat for Beak because of how relentless he is. Like, not in a bad way, but in terms of how he helped the Lightning, he helped the Red Wings with doing things. And like, they traded a bunch of like those marquee guys. They bought out a lot of those marquee names, and there's no like nostalgia with the guys. So I'm I'm hopeful to see like what he's going to be able to do in terms of doing what's best for the team and not really like falling in love with his players, like the way Bob Murray did with those extensions. Well, that's the worst thing you can do, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is just get too loyal to guys. And that's what you need a fresher to face, you know, unlike a certain team that seemed to have just hired a guy in house. And we'll talk about the Blackhawks later. You're damn right. We will. Who could you see picking up Lindholm and Raquel? Let's well, so we can start with Lindholm because I, I would imagine you could probably get more for him. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a tough one. Like people are gonna always say the Leafs, but the thing is, it doesn't fit. If Alex was here, he'd say it wouldn't fit. He's a left-hand shot. Um, yeah, no true. 
I'm not sure. Like, and the price would be probably too high. Yeah, I'm keep thinking like the Golden Knights, but like you know, unless they give like Zach Dean or Brendan Brisson, I don't think there's really anybody on that lineup who they're gonna give away. And I don't know about the cost, but I know the Ducks have a lot of cap they can eat up. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricard Raquel, I don't. It's like a solid. Honestly, I I said this two years ago. I'm still gonna say the Leafs because he's making a bargain of a contract and. To get more, I'm sure the Ducks would retain salary on that. So, you know, he'd be a lot cheaper than a Philip Forsberg, hypothetically. So what, I could see that. What is his salary now? Like 3.7 or something? Yeah, like 3.75. That is incredible. A guy who can play in the top six. I I, I like regard Raquel. So I'm just trying to think. I don't know. Like the Caps need scoring. I'm sure they could pull him up. I wonder if they don't get Claude Giroux of Colorado would swoop in and try and get him. You can mm-hmm. see that Carolina, because it's always Carolina, isn't it? It's just always Carolina. Pittsburgh are always looking for a guy who can play center. Oh, yeah, I like that one. The lineup. Yeah, and it just—it's like ah, goodness gracious. Is this—is this the year Pittsburgh. Samuel Poulon gets traded? I hope so. I am—I'm forever <laughs> on it. I haven't seen Pittsburgh and Chirac, but if it is, then I want Sam Poulon. I don't even know how good of a prospect he is anymore. Like how close he is. I just want him for the memes. It's just—if <laughs> he never gets traded, what was the point of starting this podcast to begin with? It's just, just a shame. So you know what I was I was so I was um I was starting to listen to 32 Thoughts on my way home. And uh, I want to double check this. Oh no, it was the Jeff Merrick show. You know, you know what's really neat is um hold on. The Blackhawks don't have their first this year. No, they don't. That's uh, Seth that's Jones. I think you mentioned it as well a couple weeks ago. Yes, um, it's only top two protected. That's horrible. That's it's that's not good. And they were they're like eighth or ninth. Can you imagine? Ah, they win the lottery. Oh no, because then no, they keep the pick then. They keep it. Oh yeah. no, the black imagine the discourse that the Blackhawks won the lottery. I'd be so mad. It'd be so NHL though, right? Like it's well, no, like because... let's 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 reward the guys that we have like it's it'd be they they'd spin it in a way that we have to reward the guys that we forgive. I uh, okay, all right. So just shifting gears to the Blackhawks. Uh, it's not Teresa Resch. It's not Peter Shirelli, unfortunately. It's not the guy from the Cubs. The new GM is Kyle Davidson, the interim, the guy who was already there. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah. So I was listening to Mark Lazarus, right? And uh, he was kind of saying that it looks like this was Danny Wartz's guy from the start. Uh, you know, it, it was he kind of had the idea of wanting Kyle Davidson. And he just had to convince everyone else, people like Jamie, uh, Jamie Faulkner. Um, apparently, he hasn't put a foot wrong so far in Chicago. But then I asked, what has he done? I think they made a move. Uh, did, were they the ones who traded Lafferty or is that? Who did Pittsburgh get Lafferty or trade him to? Oh, yes. That was for Alex Nylander. Alex Nylander, yes. So, beside that, like, what else has he done? Because it sounds like Fleury's not going to get traded because he doesn't want to. It's just kind of disappointing that, you know, we were all expecting a kind of fresh hire, someone outside the box, and he just went with the guy that you have in the house. He could do a great job, but it's just the stank with the Blackhawks. Especially, again, after Rocky Wartz did. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure from the start they always said he'd get a fair shot, but it's just uh, it's just disappointing from the outside. 
Yeah, I agree with that because we mentioned it last episode where I said I felt like they were kind of trolling us saying, hey, you want transparency? We're going to even update you and all the guys that we're interviewing as potential candidates. Like they even get their own infographics, even though they're not getting hired. And for me, it just kind of felt, nope, jokes, that's that's not going to happen. We're just actually going to go with the guy we had like we had in the first place. So thanks for that. And apparently they're calling it that it is a rebuild. Is that yeah, right? I agree with that. Yeah. I, I read that. Like I heard that in 32 thoughts that he indicated that it is going to be a rebuild, which is oh. kind of hilarious to me because this is after the gigantic trades and the gigantic contracts that kind of happened. And they go back to what they, I, I actually thought Stan Bowman was doing an okay job with was actually trying to get young assets. And then, the Seth Jones trade happens. I just remember that third that, uh, that there is a thirty two thoughts out, and I haven't read it yet because I've been busy all day. I completely forgot that it came out uh, today. That's very very annoying. I wonder. I'm gonna. That's okay. Sorry if I, I spelled that. No, that's all right. I. That's fine. We need to talk about it. Was there anything in Montreal about Montreal? Um, or? I cannot remember. Ah, uh, uh, then you know what? It'll, it'll be you just stay on the Blackhawks, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, like, like, I admit Kyle Davidson said something right where he said we actually need a rebuild here. But I think like it's just going to be a lot worse now because. Yeah, wherever they finish, whatever Adam Boquist, Cole Sillinger becomes, whatever that first round pick becomes, everyone's going to look towards this team now that it's not going to be growing pains. It's just going to be a bunch of older guys, a bunch of guys who are not playing towards their contracts, underperforming, and a team not winning. And it's going to be weird for them to say, we're doing a rebuild because... I thought about it that it could be like the LA Kings situation here, like on the fly that we keep the gigantic contracts as we kind of have to, but I don't know, like what, what is Jonathan Taves now? Like in terms of a player, like I know that he's struggled with a few injuries. He struggled with a lot. And I just, I'm just unsure that were you be, would you be able to, build the team you want to build in the next few years, keeping Kane and Taves because their contracts are ending soon. Yeah. They're uh, UFAs next year. Well, he's got, he's got 19 points in 43 games played. He's, I think it's safe to say Jonathan Taves is kind of cooked. Uh, and it, I don't feel bad saying that because I think him and Kane have just sort of tarnished their reputations this season with their comments. Of, you know, Patrick Kane's still point per game this year. Um, you could, you would have to retain, but I think at this point, there's no point building around them anymore. They're, they're Patrick Kane's 33. Where has the time gone? And Jonathan <laughs> Taves is also 33. So, and people will pay for them. Even if you pay for Kane's skill and experience and you, people like Taves' leadership, even though again, I, a debatable at this point. But you could definitely get – it's weird they have three third-round picks. It's very strange. I think that third yeah. from Edmonton becomes a second, depending on if the Oilers make it to the finals and yeah, ice time for Duncan Keith. But It's like in the top four. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's very strange. It's very, very weird. Imagine they just tell them to keep playing them. But besides that, like if we look at just assets they could have towards the end of this year, Kevin Lankin ends up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know because if Marc-Andre Fleury leaves – 
Because I don't, I don't see him retiring because he's chasing Wah for second wins, right? Yeah. Um, you look at way I was about to say Andrew Shaw, but no, that's not gonna. Uh. No, he's retired. <laughs> um, Brandon Hagel's been talked about a lot because he's got the yeah. extra year in this contract of the, the affordable one point five million dollars. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to look. Sam Rattle Hafferty's up this year. Kuba leaks an RFA. Strobe remember him? Has, oh my gosh! Remember when he used to be a thirty goal scorer? A thirty, like, yeah. Was that like how many? I'm gonna check his, his numbers, but it was like one year. Yeah, that was um when he was nominated with the Calder. Yeah, who with uh? Was it no Jack Hughes didn't no not Jack Hughes Quinn Hughes? I, did he or win Kimmel the Calder Carr. or was it McCall? Actually, that's a really good question. <laughs> I think it was Kimmel Carr. Yeah, Kimmel Carr. Calder winners. I'd be pretty upset if it was. Remember oh. that debate of who's better, and now it's very clearly McCarr. Yeah, I I was right. I was right about it the whole time. Uh, it was Kimmel Carr. Oh, okay. Good for He's him. Just winning everything. Yeah, he's a good, good player. Good player. Shout out to former uh, Calder winner Jeff Skinner, who is oh, good. Yes, year. great year. He's having a, a really good year. Yes, I sent it to you guys that he has as many points as McDavid in two thousand and twenty-two. Yeah, that's uh, man, I, I hate the conversation about everyone's. I, I'm not over the fact that everyone's crowned Matthews the best player in the world, and McDavid's just say like, "Excuse me," I'm so mad about that. I'm not saying he's nothing like. No, we're not going to talk about Craig Button. We're not going to talk because we okay, don't know. Okay, no, we're not. We're not. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, but in terms of the Blackhawks too, um, the other names you like, I've been thinking about too. Is, it, which is crazy to me is Alex the Brinkat's been out there, and I'm not. I don't know why you would trade a guy like that who actually is a likable guy on the Blackhawks right now. A decent person. Yes, playing very well. Um, what's funny is that okay, I read the I read a hockey news article. I read the Athletic. I read everywhere in terms of trade value on Dylan Strom, and the one word that always came up was a mystery. <laughs> what is Dylan Strom? And then everything's like he's a mystery. He was on the fourth line for a bit, and it's like, well, how does that help anyone? How long till he ends up in Edmonton? Oh, I'm convinced wow. that's going to happen. <laughs> I was hoping for like, the guy. Like, Jacob Chaika didn't kind of threw him under the bus when they traded him. Oh, he was awful, wasn't he? Yeah, and I he had that really good year when he went to Chicago, and then I don't know what happened after that. So, um, maybe new scenery for him, but hoping the best for him. Like, I still can't believe, like, third overall. Um, still a young guy, but that's a guy to get again. Maybe he'll be like Ryan. He'll be like his brother, where he'll get better in the later years. Yeah, we'll no, see. Ryan, Ryan Strom was quiet, like quietly fixed his career, didn't he? And so mm-hmm. I still think they probably want a better centerman in New York, but I'll see you want Christian Dvorak? You only want Christian Dvorak? Uh the Wild are three and seven in their last ten. They lost four straight, Daniel. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Kevin Fiala said, no panic at all, just so you guys know. I'm not so much concerned about the wild, but I do see Kevin Fiala, and I do have to ask. Because you are the the former wild guy of the pod, mm-hmm. like what the heck is going on there? We're, we're like it sounded like contract things were were stalling. They control him this year. He's got the Arbrights, but he can walk himself to free agency. He's having a decent year. Set forty four points, 51, 17 goals. Not bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of confused, like what's going on with him in the wild. 
honestly, if I'm in the wild, I'm just thinking, we like you, but can we pay you? I think that's yeah. the biggest thing right now because I've mentioned it before where this team, I think they're on the, they're on the right track. It's just the center depth is really killing me. It's even Michael Russo mentioned it's it's hurting him too. Um, Ryan Hartman's rejuvenated his career there, but he is not a he's playing first line center right now, and I think that experiment needs to end. But at the same time, there's so many questions there now because in terms of the money, like what's gonna happen? Like they, Alex Galagoski could could walk. He only had one year. Dmitry Kulikov could walk. Um, Kevin Fiala, I think like that's a crucial piece you sign, but at the same time, I'm like, he's not like a make or break type of guy. And I, I don't, I don't know. Are you going to trust Marco Rossi to come up next year and play, play lights out as a top six center already for a guy that hasn't really played too much in the last three years. So I'm looking at the wild now. Their projected deadline cap space is, is apparently 10 and a half million. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking on IR and LTIR. It doesn't look like they have Dumba's on IR, but I don't think I don't think LTIR. Sorry, I think on IR, I don't think that goes into his like the way the cap is now. And even if it did, that's still like four million to play with. The Wild kind of have to make a big move, don't they? Because as everyone knows, next year is when the Parisian suitor contracts really start biting them, or the buyouts, I should say. Yeah, um, I think that's the thing too. Like they're in an interesting, uh, like they're they're in an interesting spot right now because you have they've drafted the, the the funny thing is they've drafted really well, but they have to pay these guys eventually. It's like an Oakland Athletic situation. But may, may I offer you a solution? Okay. <laughs> the Wild need a centerman. Yes. They need somebody with term and isn't too expensive. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. What if I provided you a defense, a, a, a center that is locked up for three more years after this less than $5 million? Mm-hmm. And I stole this from Marc Antoine Gaudin. I won't lie. Okay. What about Christian Dvorak? All right. What's the trade, though? What's, what's the trade? What's the wild trading? Well, so here's the problem. For Montreal to break even, there has to be a first and a third, mm-hmm. which is tough, which is very tough. I think it, it kind of has to be that. Even if it's a first, I mean, you that's the thing with the Wild is they're always going to be at a disadvantage negotiating now because everyone knows, you know, at least that's a guy with term that's more affordable and can probably play second-line center with you behind, I presume, Joel Eric Snack. Yeah, he's playing on the third line lately. I don't know. Really? Yeah, I think there was an injury here, but like here and there, but I'm not sure, like maybe it's just the chemistry thing, but... Congrats yeah, to his brother, by the way, for getting a contract. Yes. Ducks goalie. Yes. Oli Eric Snack or something. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> I looked up to make sure that they were asking siblings. I was looking at Eric Snack's numbers. I'm like, he was on pace for 20 plus goals something this year, which is great. By the hmm. way, for anyone wondering how you can check what someone's on pace for, look up a player on Elite Prospects. I almost want to get a subscription to that site because they have so many useful things. Like... Even like players today, they have like these tools on. It's not just like players looking back at their junior numbers. It's a really good site. Can you know really imagine? You know what that sounded like right now? What the way like the tone of your voice changed? Yeah, it sounded like a mid-episode um, ad. 
<laughs> if they sponsored us, I'd be so hyped. I would gladly like sponsor hockey uh, eliteprospects.com. It's so it's actually really good. We should really tag them in this. Sites. We should tag them in this one. Oh, we should 100%. 100%. We love you guys, by the way, if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. You got great content. Great content. Okay. We have the Leafs and we have the Haps. Where would mm-hmm. you like to start? We'll start the Haps. We started the Leafs last time. Uh, you had questions for me about the Jets game. Yes. Um, you, number one, did you know it's a historic game? I feel like I know the answer to this, but why? Why is it historic? So it's the first time a team, the Jets, um, lost a four a four goal lead and won by four goals. That's actually pretty wild. Yeah. So I didn't get to watch the game because I was very busy with schoolwork. Um, but I remember I looked at my phone. I looked away for a few minutes. I looked back. It's four nothing Jets. I'm like, oh, well, you know, you have to lose eventually. The Marty Magic, you know, it, he'll be good, but, you know, it's time for some progression. Then I looked next, and it was 4-3. Then I saw Anderson tied it up with a hat trick. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, from what I understand is I think the Jets remembered the playoffs, and unlike the Leafs, came in and kicked Montreal's teeth out. Um, I just want to say that Mark Shifley is a loser. So he had two goals, which is great. If only you were scoring that much in the playoff. Oh, wait, you were suspended. Um, Did you see what happened with Chris Weidman? Yes, I did. So they fight, and Weidman wins. Like, Shifley falls on his ass, right? And then Shifley gets up and celebrates to the crowd. Chris Weidman is the size of a Smurf. I love Chris Weidman. Oh, respect. He's fighting for his career. I love Chris Weidman. But, like, is Mark Shifley okay? Remember when he went to, they like showed like after the game against the Leafs, he's like, you know what, beating the Leafs and no one cheered? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. What's wrong with it? It's like, it's, I was going to say not well, but like, yeah, it's the opposite of well-intentioned personality in the media. Trying to just do something here right now, but I don't know. It's, it's been a streak of of weird behaviors for Mark Shifley that um, he's kind of embracing the whole, I don't know. He's there yet. It's like Joker light. If that makes sense. Like he's not an agent of chaos. He's a, he's an intern of chaos. If that's making sense. Listen, I, I don't like the guy. I, there's very a few lot of things people I actually like it. Like he's just, you know, he's like, oh, I want to be like Sidney Cross, but you're, you couldn't hold his jock strap. Shifley's not a top 10 player in the league. He's not better than Sidney Crosby. He's not better than McDavid, Matthews. He's not better than Dreisaitl, McDavid. He's not better than Aho. He's not better mm. than... Uh, you didn't uh, say McKinnon. Names. I didn't say McKinnon. I love forgetting my favorite player. Though. He's not better <laughs> than McKinnon. He's not better than Bergeron. Even as old as Bergeron, he's not better than Bergeron. He's just not, not better than Mario. Not better than Huberto. Not better than Barkov. I think Ehlers is better than him. Line is better than him. They yeah. neither of them play defense, but you know, Line is much better at scoring. I just don't like Mark Shifley. I think it's like this was your revenge. Oh, I got beaten in the fight by like the smallest player on Montreal other than Cole Caulfield. And I'm just going, Oh, look at me, we won. We're still like out of the playoff race. Nah. Yeah, Montreal <laughs> are two, but they're gonna get a good pick. The Jets are in like the middle of it, so great. Enjoy He's gonna- like eleventh overall. <laughs> He's. I think it was. It was more of like the trolling of the crowd in a way because I remember he was said he expected a tilt, 
to happen. And then everybody wanted to get into a fight. And then once he gets it, it's just, oh, you know, I answered the I answered the bell. I did what I needed to do. And then just whatever for him. But yeah, I don't know. He likes being a bad guy. Uh, he likes not being a bad guy, but he, he likes he likes that publicity now. And it, it was surprising for me because he, he was a bit of a quiet guy early in his career. I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like him. There goes the winning streak. Do you have any other questions? I, there's not a lot because I, I don't want to speak on a game that I didn't get to watch, but I can try and answer your questions based on what I saw on okay. Twitter and whatnot. Um, I saw the Montreal Gazette. Marty St. Louis oh, said that the loss was self-inflicted and he was mentioning the amount of penalties Montreal was taking. Is that a common thing this season for them? Um, normally at the start of the year, they can get kind of bad because Ben Sherratt has a, has a nasty habit of taking too many penalties. I've been saying that all year. Jay Fresh picked it up when he was talking about him and I was like, yeah, thank you. Someone understands it. Let me just double check because you know, it depends on the night sometimes the NHL. I just want to quickly see, there are definitely times when they just shoot themselves in the foot. So let me just quickly double check who was taking what. Um, and I hate, why does NHL.com not make it easy? Okay, Josh Anderson tripping, Brett Kulak holding, Josh Anderson hooking, Jeff Petrie high-sticking, Brendan Gallagher slashing, Brendan Gallagher high-sticking, Chris Weidman fighting, fair enough, Cole Caulfield, too many men on the ice, he served it. Okay, so the bench miner is on the coaching staff, and a lot of those are just guys not using their sticks properly, I guess, and holding in that. Um, I guess you can say I trust Marty. Um, he's, he's done nothing to sort of prove me wrong. You know, we all know the Jets are a team that they have firepower. At points, it's been, you know, some of those top guys. Shifley was invisible to start the year. He's clean. He's definitely picked it up in the new year. I'll give him that. Um, but, you know, that's a team that you just can't give too many chances to. Um, so when that happens, naturally, yeah, you're damn right. You're going to get bitten. But I'm looking at this. It's It wasn't even just that. That first Anderson um, power play, the penalty was during Montreal on the power play. Um, it seems to be a lot of the time they didn't just take penalties, but they destroyed their own power play opportunities, which you can't do that even if the, the power play still hasn't improved under Marty. But if you're taking away your own momentum, well, you know, uh, when the game gets open as much as like a skilled forward team like the Jets do, then you're not going to stand a chance, especially a team that's desperate and fighting for their season. Mm-hmm. So for the next game, because Andrew Hammond came in, let in one goal. Do you go with him or do you go with Sam Monabo again? Um, so I want to say, is that, that's not Seattle, is it? No, I think it's in a few more days. It's Calgary, uh, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is because they were talking to Toffoli about it. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Um, oh, that's good because you know what? Mambo, I don't hate Mambo, but... Um, I don't know who, I don't think it matters who you put it. I think that's going to be a tough game regardless. I think you give it to Hammond. I think he's earned it. I think he's definitely earned it. And, you know, he's played a lot less NHL hockey this year than Martin, though. Is. So I'd, I'd go with Hammond because he's just been solid. I like him. Put him yeah. in. For you, how is it going to be to see Tyler Toffoli again? I mean, like, you know. He's been, been tearing it up as a few in weeks. A, yeah, in, he has. Calgary, eh? I want to look up his numbers pretty quickly. Uh, well, he was joking with the media that Caulfield better buy him dinner because he's done so much for him. Uh, it's going to be tough. You know what? I-, I talked about it when he got traded. Yeah, he's a point per game. Five goals. Holy crap. Um, you know, Tyler Toffoli quickly stole the hearts of Habs fans when at the start of the year he murdered the Canucks. 
across the ice in that lock that not lockout year, but shortened COVID season. Uh, you know, he got the empty nether in game seven versus Toronto. Uh, I have a lot of, I love Tyler Toffoli. His wife was funny and great on social media. They had a cute dog. Uh, predicted the Super Bowl properly, so, you know, he was a smart dog, even though he was going for the city he was named after. Dodgers is named the Dodgers baseball. Good job, Manford. Great job. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, um, it's going to be tough to see it. It's going to be even – if here's, here's what I'm worried about. We all saw what he did to the Canuck revenge tour. I don't want to think of what he's going to do to Montreal. Okay. What are you predicting? Uh, I'm going to guess – can you hear me all right? I'm, my yes, I can. Are being, are being, my headphones are being weird. Uh, 5-3 Calgary. Okay. Yeah. Empty Nether, Tyler Yeah, he okay. gets, yeah, 100%. Yes, I don't know what okay. the over-under there is, but 100%. <laughs> okay. If it gets bad enough, I can go watch Colorado, Arizona. It starts at the same time. Oh, 9 p.m. game. Oh, no. Well, I can watch yeah. the Caps and, and, and uh, the Caps and Hurricanes at 7. That's good. No more 10-30 games? Or? Uh no 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 eleven p.m. games or anything I I can't I can't I can't do it how dare you do that to me Daniel um, goodness gracious okay I have not read this Andre Kasha story okay but I am assuming that by the title of it and we've talked about Andre Kasha a lot you know the thing was that when he was signed it was Andre Kasha has all the tools of a great top six player and he's been in the third line role which is and we've talked about how important it is for contending teams to have a strong third line. I'm assuming it has to do, also one of you put notes on concussions and all that, it has to do with his sort of story of coming back from all his injuries and being such an important part of this Leafs team. Yeah, for sure. In the uh, article, um, James Myrtle talked about how for Sheldon Keith, he became a Swiss army knife for him, that he's one of the most oh, yeah. reliable top nine guys for him. And, Essentially, like I just wanted to highlight it because he's been one of my favorite players since his time with the Ducks. But it's just that, you know, that uh, redemption year for him where was interesting about the article was he traced back to the last six years. And I did not know that the first few concussions that were happening, because the ones I only really knew were the NHL ones. But he had his like first two concussions when he was like 19 when he was playing the AHL. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it, yeah, in 15-16, only played 25 games, and 14 and 16-17, too. So, it's just, like, interesting where he even talked about it, too, in the article that, you know, one bad hit, and they talked about the Nikita's, Nikita Zadorov hit um, against Calgary, that, you know, one hit and his career's done, basically, based on how many concussions he's had. And, like, coming to the Leafs, he kind of bet on himself, signed for less money, even though a lot of teams are interested in him. And mm. he's really found himself again. Like I, a lot of people are going to talk about how, what's an extent, a possible extension going to look like for that. But as of right now, I'm just really enjoying the fact that he's healthy. He's back to his old self. Like in the last, what, three years, he only played nine games for the, the Bruins. And it's just, it's just a great story because he was a top six guy like he really developed and he's one of those guys that we really kind of cheer for i think on the show is that really late seventh rounder and he beat the odds to become a productive top six guy so you know all i want to say here is shout out andre kasha we love you yeah no you know i remember being very critical of bossy picking him up because i'm like the guy never plays and like you said he, he 
That year, he shredded the boss in six regular season games, 11 in the playoffs, only four points, all assists, three games last year. And then here he is. He's played 44 for Toronto. I think he maybe scratched a few times, but um, 11 goals. He's up to 23 points. I mean, just good for him. I think of you talk about Swiss Army Knife, and I think that he was the one who got that shorthanded goal in the Detroit game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you need those depth guys to sort of pick you out of trouble. Um, like we saw guys like Blake Coleman and do for Tampa. And, you know, Andre Cautious fulfilling his role right now. Um, I got, I was critical critical about Nick Rich, Nick Ritchie. My voice just gave out in the last part there. But Andre Kosh and Michael Bunting have just been incredible and great, like really good value signings. I still don't think he deserves the Calder Bunting. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Moritz Sider, I've been, I'm saying it all year. And even Jay Fresh's uh, his, his player cards support me, so I know I'm in the right. I know I'm in the right. Um, quickly looking at the Caps game. First off, um, were you the one who posed that question about the goal that Matthew saved? Yes, I was. Okay. Because, yeah, I, I didn't think that was a goal. It was close. But if it, was, if it wasn't if it was rolling, it probably was going to go in. But it was yeah. close. That was an incredible. He saved the game before it even started. Yeah. Saved Peter Morazic early on. <laughs> I you, With the way that, I don't want to say fragile, but with the way that the goaltending has been in Toronto lately, I, I think Matthews honestly kind of saved the game right in there. Because if it's a weak goal, it dribbles through and then, and then they're down right away. You know, you know what? The Caps have been kind of down at points this year, but you never want to give a team with Alex Ovechkin the chance to try and score on you. Yeah. Yeah, that game was um, – I didn't – when that happened between the – with the goal almost going in against Peter Mrazek, I thought there was going to be oh, one of those nights again where it's going to be a bit of a long night for Toronto and they're going to try to just outscore their defensive mistakes. But – you know, they tightened up pretty well for things. And, you know, you could, you could say it was goaltending on the cap side of things, but the Leafs were able to capitalize on things, uh, capitalize caps um, on Washington. And it was a solid win for them. And I'm, you already know, I'm the one who put this in the dock, but I think that when things are good and things are rolling, you get guys like Justin Hall scoring. And not only Justin Hall scoring, but Alex's tweet about Justin Hall being more vocal saying that, you know, the whole thing about the momentum and the things having have to go a certain way. And for a guy that, you know, was scratched and came back into the lineup and scored, it's embarrassing on Sep Soundoff, who who we will get to, but yeah, it's a good sign that it's kind of with the Leafs, because the joke with them was, you know, they have a very solid first line and that's that's kind of it with things. Like their their second line wasn't clicking or anything and it's nice to see that, you know, it's a more collective effort this time. Yeah. Um, he's had a few decent games here. He's getting some points. You look at the Detroit game hall. Wasn't, wasn't bad there. Um, and then, yeah, same with Washington and that. Um, it was just a sort of bounce back. It's weird to say bounce back because they beat Detroit, but you needed a more convincing win. Ignoring that they blew the 3-1 lead. I, the hockey leads aren't, aren't real. Um but you needed that. And again, it's um, Washington. It's weird to say that Washington are the lesser team because it's Washington. Um, but it was a win you expect Toronto to get, and they did. And it's always a win to keep Ovechkin off the score sheet. And he's gone quiet again, which is worrying. He's mm-hmm. on pace for less than 15. I think he's at, on pace for 48. But yeah, he can turn it around because it's still Ovechkin, but still. Yeah. 
And I guess like now getting to the goaltending of things, because this is something like I kind of wanted to pose here is we always talk about the ages of the players, Ovechkin, Backstrom, that, that era that's going on right now. And the way this team is, whether or not we, we think they're good enough to make a deep run unless they make another move. But when it's a crucial year like this, can you really trust Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vinicek to help you in a deep, like hypothetical playoff run you know what's funny about that they gave up assets to get vanacek back yeah <laughs> uh, that was not great uh, that was not, not not fun i no i don't think you can and i think we saw that going into the playoffs last year remember when he allowed that goal and ovechkin sounded oh, yeah. him out on the ice yeah i don't believe they trust him and here's the thing he's he's still relatively young by goaltending standards like he's 25 and he's only played 77 games in the league, but his save percentage, yeah, if you look at it, the years he's kind of been starting to be the guy, his numbers haven't been great. 901 this year, 902 last year. His rookie year, which I'm assuming that's 1920, so was he behind Hopi still then? Um, he had his best numbers as a 913. And let me just double check. It was behind Brayden Hopi. It was not good that year, but... Um, we talked about him for Montreal. I don't know if that's a good <laughs> option anymore. I mean, again, he's a goalie, so he's weird. Um, I mean, you know, there's the thing of you don't really know a goalie until he plays a few hundred games. But if you're Washington, no, not at all. I don't know who they would play at this very second, but I'm assuming it would probably be either, I think Florida's at the top of the Atlantic. So it's Carolina or Florida. Uh, no, I don't trust him against either of those teams. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And see, they may get some cap space now if they want to make a move because it sounds like Carl Haglund's looks like out for the, at least he has a serious eye injury. So it looks like they're going to, if he's out for the season, then they have more room to go get a, a player like Raquel, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Or Marc-Andre Fleury. Or Trey Lickenden. Yeah, not for Samsonov, though. Not for Samsonov. No. Not for Samsonov. I think the biggest thing for me is... Yeah, he's 25. I know that it's the weird with the goalie development. But at the same time, I think it's just more of that scrutiny because he was a first-round pick in a modern era. You can't do that with goalies. You can't do it. No? I just I kind of no. felt that because even where he was drafted, I'm like, I don't know. Like We'll see with Spencer Knight, but it's like every year it's like, here's this great goalie, the best since Vasilevsky or Carey Price. Mm-hmm. Knight hasn't had an amazing year. Um, you know, who the hell knows what the scar is going to be? That's been a big question mark. Um, we'll see with Samsonov. Um, again, yeah, no, that that the goaltenders in the first round, you just can't take the risk, man. Like I think Blackwood was like a second or third. I was going to see who they, yeah. who they passed on. So they say, oh my God, Besser was the next. Yeah, pick. he was the next pick. That's why I was thinking that. Oh, that's awful. And then Travis Konecki was in the second round. That's even worse. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, that's okay. I'm not going to, I don't like going through. Oh, McBlackwood was that same draft. Yeah. That's neat. That's really neat. Rupe hints. This is a decent looking draft. Sorelli, Sam Mombo in the fourth, <laughs> third round. Mombo. That's a, that's an interesting looking draft to look back at. Maybe I shouldn't mm-hmm. say it's a great draft, but it's a decent Ethan Bear. Doesn't uh, 15 was Garland. It was great. Even like in the later round, Caprice off, fifth round. Yeah. John yeah. Marino. 
Wow, this is a Sammy Niku. Yeah, Joey Decor. Yeah, that's a de- that's a that's a sneaky little draft there. Mm-hmm. It's a fine little draft. I didn't even look at like the top ten there, but I just looked at like everyone else. But hey, not bad, not bad, uh, not bad. Uh, so you know what? It, it's fun when you come back from campus. And I was I don't remember what time I was getting on my train. Maybe around like just after. I think we left Union at five oh five. Is I saw people on the platform getting off of trains with their Leafs jersey because I realized, oh yeah, the Sabers and that game's happening tonight. They're in tonight, yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, First full capacity game. Oh yeah, that's neat. That's very neat. Um, and I guess I got preview before they can go to the outdoor game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess we can. I want you instead. I wish we had Alex here so we could talk about the jersey that Martha Stewart and Justin Bieber leaked. You see that? No, that was hilarious. Yeah. It's a good looking jersey too, eh? It's yeah, that a good one was good. Jersey. A lot better than that stupid one they have for the outdoor game. Oh, so you much. don't like the hologram? The T? I no, like because you know how like it says the arenas, but like you have it's to go awful. closer. You have to it's go closer. So bad. I feel like they just reissued. You know when they had the arenas ones before? And it's like, you know, we have we have a bunch of extras. Just yeah. Man, just use these cool jerseys that Martha Stewart had. Why is Martha Stewart hanging out with Justin Bieber? Like she hangs out with Snoop Dogg. I guess she just hangs out sure. with all the big music names, right? Mm-hmm. What are you expecting against the Sabers tonight? The Jeff Skinner, not, not Revenge Door, but Jeff Skinner. Maybe him. Just please win this game, like the Leafs. Just you know what I mean. Why? Why? I I just never know. Like just please win this this game. This game. I know the last time they faced the Sabers went into overtime, but and they did win. But I don't know. It's just one of these games where you come off Washington and you know you didn't have a good stretch before that. So what we said before, keep the momentum going because this should be one of those games where you just kind of reaffirm like we are a good team. So that's what I'm calling it. Um, in terms of the Buffalo side of things, um, I don't know. It's just be interesting to see because they're bad. But they're hopeful, if that makes sense. Like Alex Tuck has given them a lot of new life. Tage Thompson has actually become a top six center, which waited a long time for. We waited a long time for that. And with with everything else going on in the team, like Rasmus Dalin's getting a lot better. So you know, showcase for the Sabers. But again, it should be a winnable one for the Leafs. Uh, before we go, I'm just going to look at the pictures in my phone where I keep some notes. And we're just going to see what comes up. First off, there was this French tweet saying, for the love of goodness gracious, don't trade uh, don't trade Joss Anderson. Jonathan Druin liked it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, don't don't trade him. Um, I have no idea what could be here. So just, just give me a second. This will be a nice way for me to clear up my phone. Um, this is Alex telling us to uh, send him all the stuff for the show after. Michael McNiven was traded by the Habs for future considerations to oh. Calgary. It's just nice that maybe he can get a second chance somewhere else because he just couldn't get games in Montreal, especially if, if like Mottenbow ends up going down with like Primo. It's just the poor guy's never going to have a real shot. Does he get a tribute video? No, he played one NHL game. Absolutely. You know, there's an article of that in I think Sports Illustrated where these guys were coming back to the, like, for example, RJ Hampton. He played like probably. 13 games for the Denver Nuggets before he got traded. And then <laughs> when Orlando came back to uh, came to Denver, he got a tribute video. <laughs> what do you even say about that? Like, hey, <laughs> thanks, guys. I don't know why you're doing this, but it's kind of you. 
And like, apparently it's like a trend now where like guy like as jokes, players who like, for example, like played five games for a team are getting tribute video, like two minute tribute videos when they come back. Weird. That's weird. Um, okay. What else? A shout out to Brandon Perlini's mom. Mm. who replied to the Oilers putting him on a waiver saying it's kind of bad. He has to find out from his mom on Twitter. Uh, oh, that was yeah, pretty yeah, funny. That was sad. Of one guy for that to happen. Why Brandon Perlini? He's such a good dude. He believed in the team when no one else did. He literally did. He yes. hasn't been great like on the ice. No, that, like, no points. But, you know, you, 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 character. Uh, character. How freaking good you. Uh, shout out to Ben Steiner with a great tweet. Uh, I saw people talking about this on their podcast. They didn't say the name. They didn't say Ben Steiner. Ryerson's own great guy, Ben Steiner. Um, Mike Babcock just coached his team to an early first-round exit, losing to the lower seed. Hey, Saskatchewan Huskies lost game three of the best of three. They blew a lead with 13 minutes to go in the third. Some things don't change truly. Hashtag Leafs forever. I love, I love it. it. Yes. Oh, jinx. <laughs> Sorry? I said jinx because we so said I love it. Oh, you love to see it. You absolutely love to see mm-hmm. it. Um, some stuff about Elden Ring. I heard it's really good. I don't you gonna get it. Oh, yeah. That's what we talked no. about. Like, you and, okay, are you, do you not like those, like, really difficult, you know what I mean? Like, like Dark Souls or. I enjoy a challenge. I do not, enjoy, however, enjoy a game that is only challenge and a mm-hmm. story. You Dark Souls, a story is never sort of at the front. You got to dig for it. I'm tempted to look up the story because George R. R. Martin's part of it. Obviously, I love the Game of Thrones series, mm-hmm. um, but I, it's the game wise. Not to mention the Skywalker Saga, the Lego game comes out this year. The new Pokemon games just got announced, um, and Breath of the Wild two are coming out. So my bank account's like Adam, only so much here, and I just got Legend of Legends Arceus. So yeah. I just I don't know if I would enjoy it, and I don't want to pay a triple A price for a game I may not like. I tried Dark Souls when it was like free on gold on like Xbox 360, and I just didn't like it. It's just not for me. Okay. Um, our Cherry Lekkonen statistically is somehow better than like everyone on Montreal, which is really funny. He just <laughs> He's going to get so much. I love him. Beside that, there's just screenshots of a book that I am reading uh, for this class. Are you liking anyway. the book? Uh, so Parable of Sawyer. Anyone Sawyer? Sawyer? I always get it mixed up. Uh, don't read it. If you are not comfortable, trigger warning, you're supposed to say that. Um, there's a lot of sexual violence in it. Uh, a difficult book to read, but it's well written. Uh, there are some decent characters. The ending's a bit messy, though. It's kind of like, oh, okay, I guess we're having a second book here, and there is a second book, but it doesn't seem... It's fine, um, but I wouldn't read it a second or third time. It's just not very... It doesn't super grab you, but it's not a difficult read. Like, as in, like... Difficult to read for obvious reasons, but not as in like the language in that of like reading Shakespeare isn't that bad. What does or, it get on the Adam scale? Six. Six. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, so for you, like, what's Adam. a ten on the reading scale? Storm of Swords Storm from the Game of Thrones series. Storm of Swords is so good. Like okay. it is unbelievable how good book how good that book is. I love it so much. It, it's a best book in the series by far. Um, okay, where else? Um, I think that's everything on my quick little bit of notes. I'll tell you one thing. I discovered this with Mike because mm-hmm. we were looking at uh, Mark Giordano's history um, like in the AHL and uh, some players. He played like Adam Cracknell in the AHL. If you go to um, Mark Giordano's Hockey DB page and you look at his first year with the AHL, 
if you look at that certain team he played for, there's a player called Bench. And it's like four assists or, or like it, penalty minutes. If you click Bench, it has all these stats from like nearly like every sports. Like it, it's, it goes from like the 60s and 70s. It's like all these games. And it, it feels like it's like a hockey DB like placeholder link or something. I, we just, I've never seen it before. But um, Mike and I were like, maybe we like try and read. Because I think hockey DB are pretty decent on like Twitter and that. So I'd like to see like what is this about because like it goes back to like there's the NCAA, the SJHL, the WCHA. I don't know what IND is, but it's the Erie Lions. W- it's very C-A-H-L. eerie, by the way. It's it, it kind of looks like it's almost like it's for bench miners. It's just it's really interesting. Look up and it's just bench. You know what this just became? What the two in one podcast became an investigative journalism platform and we want to wonder what this bench thing is about um, yes it's interesting okay i think that's everything mm-hmm. thank you for listening check out the show on uh wherever where you listen to your podcast it's even on youtube and there's a video version on spotify as well uh, you can see our beautiful faces and the panda uh and my mediocre lighting uh voice said great platform as always uh alex's stuff check him out daniel's stuff my stuff as well it'll all be linked below alex does a good job uh, thank you for dealing with a very tired Adam today, Daniel. Um, it's always great talking will, to you. Of course, and you as well, my friend. And we will see everyone on Sunday. Monday, Sunday.